Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm so glad you're with us wherever you're joining us. We welcome you. If you're joining us on the airwaves here in Santa Barbara, California at TVSB, we welcome you. A lot of you from, I think, about 104 or 105 countries are finding us at goodlifetelevision.org. We're so grateful. Uh, you can find at goodlifetelevision.org, you can find all the long-form interviews of these incredible guests. Um, you can also find what we call power clips. So we break those up into some of the great moments and we think you'll enjoy them. Uh, these are people from all walks of life. It's all good stuff. It, we don't ignore suffering or difficulty. In fact, we're going to be talking about difficult situations in, in today's program. So we don't ignore them, but we, what we're dwelling on is the good and the hope and the redemption. So these are stories of overcomers, of entrepreneurs, of people with great life stories, young people, famous people, not famous people. It's a little bit of everything. So goodlifetelevision.org is where you want to go. And now you can also find us, and a lot of you are, at our podcast, which is Good Life Conversations. So all the podcast platforms, just type in Good Life Conversations and you can find us there as well. Uh, we're so grateful. I have a couple of good friends with me today. I don't think I can say that on every program, although, you know, I probably should. But these are really good friends. Um, Spencer and Douglas Doman are with me. Uh, the Domans have, have uh, been friends for a long time. And I, I want to, we're going to talk about their great work and, and their newest book. The, the book is called The Doman Method, uh, From Special Needs to Wellness by Douglas and Spencer Doman. I highly commend it to you. We're going to talk about why uh, in a second. But welcome, guys. Great Thanks to so be much. here again. All the way from Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's always great to be with you as I was thinking about just you guys and this work. So for those of you that haven't watched previous interviews that we've had with the Domans, and by the way, you can find interviews at goodlifetelevision.org. We cover a lot of ground, different diagnoses of special needs children and so forth. So find those if you can. But I was just thinking about the big picture. And, and Glenn Doman, your father, your grandfather, uh, an incredible man uh, who's made a big impact in people's lives. And you know, the, the impact of his work and your work goes on and on and on. I, I was thinking about that today because of how it's affected our family. You know, our family, we have a special needs daughter, she's 20 now. Meeting you guys, being introduced to this work and being introduced to the human brain has been life-changing for us. Uh, I'm about to speak at something and I'm gonna talk about this because how the impact has been so great. Do you ever step back, to, you're in the details, you're the CEO, you're the founder. Do you ever step back and think about this work and just kind of the, the overall picture? That's a weird question, but. We think about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, it, it comes out that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been glorious, the discoveries that we've made um, and the children that have benefited, you know, now children from more than 100 countries and you know, six continents, 35,000 families from around the world. Well, that's wonderful, you know, looking backwards, but it's just a drop in the bucket, Dean, yeah. of the children, the special needs children out there the millions and millions of children around the world that are not being helped, yeah. that are not being respected, and that their, their potential, we have proven, our parents have proven over 60 years, you have proven uh, the potential uh, of our special needs uh, people. And, yeah. um, and that is just being wasted and it's being thrown away. And if yeah. you look at 
uh, the, you talk about suffering the, the children who are put on anti-convulsant medications at birth and are addicted to legal medicines yeah. at birth because yeah. that's um, what their doctors think are best for them yeah. uh, on one hand um, and the children who um, we have taken thousands of children off of those anti-convulsant medications um, they've never had another seizure right. in their life. We're in that category. <laughs> and they've gone on to be um, very intelligent uh, and uh, you know wonderful people. So yeah. we have so far to go when we're only just getting started. Right. And it's it's taken too long. Sixty years is too long. It's got to happen faster um, because the kids are waiting. The parents too. Um, right who, uh, you know, love their children and want the best for their children, and they're just stuck uh, between a rock and a hard place. Right. Anything to add? Yeah, well, I think in many ways the book itself is a product of us taking a step back. Right. Because we really realize that, uh, you know, this has to be information that any parent in the world can access. Yeah. Uh, that uh, we we want this information to live on after us. That's how important right. it is. And so, yeah, I think that's why we took the time to, you know, put our minds together and, and actually write the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in our case, El Claire was on phenobarbital to anti-seizure and she was kind of asleep. And you and I would be, too, if we were on phenobarbital. Yeah. And then when we were able to wean her carefully under your direction and with the nutrition program and everything else, she came alive. You know, and that, that that's an amazing thing when you have a person, like, who is this person? We can't really find out sometimes if they're buried under some of these medications or, I mean, that's kind of the way I see it. But um, So let, let's just set the stage here. So this book and, 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 the, and the other book that, that has been so impactful in our life in terms of what to do about... If you're, if someone's watching and they are, they have a special needs child of any diagnosis, young, uh, younger the better, that's what you guys always say, really the first thing they should do is read this book, right? Absolutely. This is our flagship book for the parents of special needs children. This is the way to start. And, and just to give you an idea, that would include any children with a neurodevelopmental delay. So that could be a child with autism. ADD, uh, brain injury, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome. There, there are and so the many different diagnoses. Exactly, yeah. there are hundreds of them. But uh, any child with any kind of developmental delay, this this is the first step. Yeah. Uh, children who have genetic issues where there's a neurological component, we've seen every kind of child with um, genetic problems. But you know, they come to us um, because there's a neurological problem. Uh, that's of course in the brain. <laughs> we can right. fix that. Right. So yeah, because I, I, I would. Uh, what this is worth, like that. What, uh, that's the way we think about it. Like Susan and I were, in fact, just half an hour ago when we were inside and I was holding the book. She said, "Man, I wish we'd had that at the very beginning, just because it's kind of a, a guide." So if you are a friend of someone who just had a special needs child, or they're struggling, or there's developmental delay, or any of those diagnoses. This is a great gift. I mean, in fact, this could be a life-changing gift to, to give a roadmap of what to do with that child. 
Yeah, and so you know the "What to Do About Your Brain Injured Child" book of my father's that you read. Yeah. Um, that book uh, he wrote in 1974, and he had um, intuited all the neuroscience back then, but it hadn't been done yet. Right. Right. <laughs> he knew the brain grew by use, um, and the potentials of the brain, uh, but the neuroscience wasn't there. The beauty is now the neuroscience is there. So in this book. Uh, we have more than two dozen uh, scientific references, you know, to, that validates our work in terms of neuroscience. Um, Dad's book, which is a, a wonderful book, I mean, yeah. uh, because it tells the whole story of how he created the field of child brain development. Um, but he gives very little how-to-dos. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, the parents have read that book, but it mentions patterning, but it doesn't really tell you how to do patterning. Well, here we have specific physical programs for children who are not yet walking. We have physical programs for kids who are walking. We want to get them running and jumping. And then we've got cognitive programs, sensory programs, sleep programs, nutritional programs. We've covered it all there, really. Yeah. Uh, and so this is that parents can understand what's going on in terms of brain growth and development and then actually do something about it using that book. Right. We're referring to the Doman method, which is basically all of Glenn Doman's work and all of your work that you've kind of packaged into something now that we're referring to as the Doman method. Let's start with physiology. And, and, and let's talk about, let's start there in terms of your approach to a special needs, brain injured, whatever you want to call, child. Yeah, so uh, physiology uh, you know, basically means that, you know, anything that impacts the function of, of the body itself. And so it's, it's crucial to lay down a foundation of good physiology so we can get the results that we want in speech development, intellectual development, physical development. So when we talk about physiology, we mean things like diet. How does the child's nutrition look? Mm -hmm. Is the child getting supplementation that they need uh, if they've got, you know, issues that we find in, in the child's blood work, for example. Uh, it, it includes things like sleep. Is the child getting enough good quality sleep? Uh, is, is the environment good? Is the child getting, you know, uh, being exposed to any, you know, harmful toxins in the air or water that could affect brain development? So all of those things impact the, the way the brain functions. So a, a lot of people don't know that outside of the brain, uh, we actually have about 500 million neurons, brain cells, in our digestive tract. So uh, it's one of the reasons why nutrition can greatly affect a child's brain function. And so looking at a child's diet is, is crucial. And that's one of the reasons why it's the first thing we, we really address. Uh, in, we've written this to be a practical guide for parents so they can start doing things right away at home. And the first thing we, we talk about is nutrition. Right. Physiology is always the beginning of our program because as Spencer said, it lays the foundation for everything else. Right. Yeah, I remember coming home things changed in our household. All of a sudden we were introduced to kale. <laughs> you know, it was a big change. Our kids went from, I'm having a bell pepper for my snack, <laughs> but it worked. Cognitive development. So let's talk about that in terms of reading and, and your approach. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, reading is reading's kind of interesting because I think for parents of kids with special needs, they usually kind of divide into two groups. One group knows that reading is essential for their child because they might realize, okay, my child has some kind of learning difficulty or, uh, or delay, and so reading is essential. And then there are other parents who, uh, I think when they look at their child, they wish reading was a major issue in the sense the child might be having seizures and might be immobile and you know so the reading almost seems like a you know a dream to them far-fetched dream but what we make the case in the book that reading is essential for every child uh and uh we've actually found that many children who are profoundly brain injured have uh, very severe developmental delays actually can be excellent readers and that reading can help them in their cognitive development, in their understanding, in their speech, and also give their life a whole lot of meaning uh, and, uh, you know, that right. they discover through, through books and, right. and reading. Yeah, you would think, I mean, I, I remember that exact situation. It was like we had bigger fish to fry. But, but then it became clear, like, this is very possible and mm-hmm. enriching. I mean, imagine a life without reading. I mean, that's rough. And, you know, it's liberating for parents because they've been told, oh, their child can only progress to this level from an intellectual standpoint. And then all of a sudden they have a three-year-old, perhaps a severely brain-injured three-year-old, who's reading homemade books independently where average kids can't read that book at six. Right. And they realize, you know, my child is truly intelligent. Right. And, And to add to that, the brain is is an amazing organ, and uh, I think many people have probably heard of the phenomenon where someone who's blind, for example, might have very good hearing, right? So their brain adjusts for the, the, the difficulty that the person has by giving them a strength. And so very often we find, for example, with children who are immobile and can't move, their ability to take in information is actually faster and better than an average child. So the brain kind of adapts. They say, okay, well... Moving is hard, but I'm going to make learning as easy as possible. Wow. And so those kids just take in information yeah. with, e- with great ease. Yeah. Are you amazed by the human brain? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the time, yeah. you know, every day. I mean, uh, and, you know, parents uh, are often able to do things that uh, even we, you know, thought weren't possible. So, you know, once they're empowered, understanding the potential of their children and the potential of the brain, um, you know, uh, you know, we're evaluating children constantly neurologically and shocked that the child made the progress that the child made, you know, in that period of time. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes uh, a, a lot of the surprises are, are positive surprises where, you know, sometimes, you know, because we do work alongside with parents, we, we fight to help the kids get better. And, you know, sometimes even things that we try won't get results, you know, and, right. and we'll work at it with parents and give them a different ideas. It will adjust something. And I think sometimes even to ourselves, we'll say, uh, you know, are we going to get a breakthrough with this child in this area? And, uh, you know, very often those breakthroughs will happen and we're kind of, uh, you know, amazed by it. You know, something right. clicks and, you know, all of a sudden it's happening. And that's that's really special. Right. Yeah. So, you know. Stuff that if you don't do stuff, if you don't do a program, if you don't help, nothing happens. I mean, or or maybe 
very little or maybe not close to as much as would happen developmentally if you didn't do a program. I mean, I'm convinced in our case, very little would have happened. It would have atrophied, it would have gone the wrong way, you know, if we hadn't done something. Um, you know, and I, I remember, I'll never forget the stained glass in your dad's window or somewhere, you know, this is the place where th things that would have happened anyways happened. Happened, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, and that's of course a, from a critic, you know, saying that, well, it would have happened anyways. L let me just tell you as a dad of a special needs child, no, it wouldn't. Like, because <laughs> I, I saw that where the trajectory of where we were headed and seeing the trajectory since, and it's like not even close. So let's just put that to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could have interviewed your dad on the subject. But. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole idea of it, um, and of course that comes from, um, you know, a parent being told your child's never going to be able to walk, your child's never going to be able to talk, your child's never going to be able to read. And then uh, when the parents get the child doing those things, um, they go back to doctors and say, look, right. know, look, my kid's walking and my kid's talking. And they're told, well, it would have happened anyway. Right, right. Well, in, you know, in the hundreds of cases of that, and by the way, we've had parents who are medical doctors that were told that by colleagues. I remember um, a father who was a, a pediatrician, and his, uh, the child was born by his friend and partner, an obstetrician. The wife, um, a, a nurse... It was a terrible birth, um, and the, the obstetrician did everything in his power to make it go right, but it was still, not, it wasn't his fault what happened. These things, you know, just happened. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, the child was severely brain injured, and the, the medical dad and the nurse mom did a fabulous program, worked hard, graduated the kid from the program, <laughs> and had a party, and... Uh, his friend, the obstetrician, was there, and he said to him, well, you know, it would have happened anyway. <laughs> the father, the pediatrician. No. no. So it's not just, it, yeah. it can happen to, to MDs as well, because they're parents, too. Right. If you're a parent who's been doing this program, we've been doing this program for 18 years, you know that's not true. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, but anyways. And in no case was the parent told, bring them back to me and, um, a couple years, and I'll tell you that, you know, right. he'll be reading then, although uh, I'm telling you now he'll never be able to read. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's such a ridiculous supplement. It's like, oh, uh, that guy, um, you know, was born poor. He uh, worked his tail off. He's now a multimillionaire. Would have happened anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Sure, right. it would have happened right. anyway. Right. Sure, he you know, would have made Federal Express. <laughs> right, right. Where do languages fit in? And I don't know if that's how much that's discussed in here, but 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 talk a little bit about languages because that talked about another thing that was not on our radar, you know, when Claire was two. Yeah. But where does that fit in? Yeah. So we uh, we don't in in the book we don't focus so much on foreign languages, but we do talk a lot about the importance of stimulating kids intellectually from you know as. Uh, as early in age as possible, right? So going back to the conversation about limits and limits that are placed on kids, parents are almost always told when they have a special needs kid, you know, your child won't be able to succeed in school, read, speak, whatever the limit is that's placed on that specific child. 
And parents then will often interact with the child differently because of what they've been told. You know, imagine for a second if we did some kind of evil experiment where we took parents of well children, right? And we just told them at birth, you know, your child is going to have, you know, problems their entire life. They'll never be able to learn or speak. So don't even bother trying to teach them anything. You know, parents are going to interact with those kids and stimulate them in a completely different way because of what they've been told. It becomes basically a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so what we say in this book is stimulate your children, you know, read to them every day, uh, speak to them in, you know, any language that you can. Uh, You know, if even if you're unsure if your child will understand something, you know, tell it to them anyway, because you've got nothing to lose from from that and everything to, to gain. Right. Yeah, another we're another example of that in terms of you guys told us this, and so we started having our the person helping doing the program just speak Spanish, tell Claire to the point where she's fluent in Spanish is the favorite her most favorite thing in life. She <laughs> yeah. prefers it over English, and I'm thinking, what a gift, you know, what a gift to give a cerebral palsy kid, you know, profound, you know severely brain injured child the gift of languages yeah you know which is another thing we got from you talk so about the, the answer is you know um just as it, with a well kid whatever language you know the families speak we want always the for the brain injured child to be exposed to that and have the same opportunity to learn to understand it and speak it and also will um, teach the child how to read in that language as well. So right. if, if a family speaks two, three, four languages, wonderful. And, you know, from a neurological standpoint, obviously the information in the brain is being stored, the, the four different languages. And, of course, um, the language area of the brain is bigger because of that additional information. And also the quality is better because the connections between the languages um, the quantity and the quality is there. Wow, yeah. So just real quickly, you've, already, you've kind of already done this, but neuroplasticity, speaking of the science catching up with your dad, everybody's kind of talking about neuroplasticity these days. Can you give like the elevator 30-second <laughs> The elevator pitch for neuroplasticity, the, yeah. The elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. Neuroplasticity is uh, the brain's ability to change, right? So our, uh, you know, for for most of human history, it was just assumed that intelligence was something that was a product of genetics, right? You were smart because your parents were smarter. You were dumb because your parents were dumb, you know, and that was the way people thought about things. And now we know that that's not true at all, right? That our brain can not just change quickly in childhood, it can even change throughout our, our lives, right? So if uh, you you and I decided we're going to pick up another language or learn a musical instrument or do something new, uh, it would change the the connections of our brain cells, you know, and our brains would, would change. And so uh, this book is is all about neuroplasticity. My, my grandfather described neuroplasticity as the brain grows by use meaning the more you use your brain, the more you stimulate it, the more activity you do, it will change. Uh, and by the way, he was attacked a lot for that idea. Uh, he was called crazy, you know, and uh, like my dad said, we kind of filled this book with, uh, you know, dozens of scientific references showing that it's not crazy, that right. it's, it's well-established science. Yeah, it's accepted now. It's accepted, yeah. It's, it's uh, you, know, conclu- you know, foregone conclusion at this point. 
And so what we do is we say, okay, what are activities that drive neuroplasticity? Uh, because there are many things that drive neuroplasticity, but some things have a lot more value than others. So what are the activities that you're going to get the best bang for your buck, you right. know, that's worth your time? And that's what we've, we've tried to put into this book. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, somewhere your dad must just be thrilled. <laughs> yeah. He's probably with my grandfather. <laughs> we only have a couple minutes left. The book, again, The Doman Method, Spencer and Douglas Doman, From Special Needs to Wellness. If you have a special needs child, if you know of anyone who has a special needs child, please put this in their hands. It could change their life in like a thousand ways. And our family is one example. Yeah, I was reading here, we, the staff of Dome International, are very enthusiastic about the potential of brain-injured children. That encompasses the full range of children, the most profoundly brain-injured children in a coma, all the way up to those who are a few grades behind their peers cognitively. You know, it's, I said this in the previous episode, but one of the things I remember from being in your auditorium 18 years ago was, you know, there's no such thing as false hope, but there is such a thing as false despair. You guys are really hoping against hope for the most profoundly injured people in the world. And that takes real vision. And, and I guess maybe part of that comes because you've been doing this for a long time and you've seen the results. But just talk about that for a second, hope. Because, again, it's hard to see. I, I remember being in the NICU looking at Ella Claire. Her head was half caved in because they drained this fluid. And I remember j praying, number one, a lot. And But then also, you know, you're kind of just wondering, like, and then when we came to see you guys, you're kind of wondering, like, how is this going to be good, you know? And it's hard to describe 20 years later, like, how this has been so good for our family, even the hard parts. Because what you guys are prescribing here in terms of programs, it's hard. You know, it's hard work. Mm -hmm. And hard, we always think is bad. Hard can be good, you know, is one of the things that I'm discovering. Humans don't like hard, but if God asks you to do something hard, if he gives you that child on purpose, knowing it was coming, not surprised by it, God's not surprised by brain injuries, then there's a purpose, you know, and it changes your whole world, your whole family, your whole, I'm giving a sermon here now, but, <laughs> but, but, but talk about hope and kind of trying to instill that in a family to say, I know this is hard, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, you've made me think up about a lot of things with that, but I, I think that, uh, you know, I, even during our, our Domain Method course, which is our first course for parents, I tell parents that, you know, it might be hard to understand this now, but you're, you're entering the most meaningful years of your life. Yes. And one day you'll look back at this and, and see it for the, the beautiful time that it, that it is. And, uh, yeah, we, we are hopeful. We don't, I, I don't think we try to hide that, you know, and we, uh, you know, sometimes even... Even though, you know, our, our kids have big wins and big changes, but there are always going to be outliers, right? And there are sometimes children that have slower progress than others. And I, I see it as our responsibility as an organization to have hope in children because I've just found that when we keep fighting, we'll push through. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll reach that next thing. We, you're never sure how long it's going to take or how much work it's going to take. But, uh, you know, I so... I just remind myself of that and uh, yeah. yeah and you you'll never regret doing it 
Right. You know, when you when you're on a rocking chair someday, you're going to be at least the way I think is. I'm so glad we stayed in the fight. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we didn't give up. You know, and you guys have helped us to not give up over the years, and um, and it, it hasn't been easy, but but we're grateful. Well, I'll, I'll let my dad add something here. But I was sitting across from parents about six months ago. And uh, I was actually in their backyard. <laughs> uh, and uh, the dad said to me, you know, all this time we thought we were trying to heal her, but she healed us. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly uh, And uh, yeah, exactly they, they right. were, the parents were reflecting on how much they had changed as people. And they yeah. said that we're a lot better people now. Just turns out it was us that needed the healing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Well, you know, dad started out um, as this, you know, as the Doman method was, you know, being formed, by teaching other professionals about it so that they could then go to um, you know, more parents and help them. Um, and of course, that's vital too. I mean, we, <laughs> the more uh, children we can help, the better. That's you right. know, our number one goal in, in life right now. Um, but he realized that when he started to teach parents why the brain could grow and develop and teach the parents that they could actually do the therapy uh, you know, we're really a a, reach, a research and a teaching organization. We find new ways to grow and develop the brain, and then we teach parents how to do that. Right. And he discovered that parents could get better results than therapists could get. Right. And why? Uh, because, you know, parents have the love and the determination that no professional can possibly compete with. Right. Uh, and that love and determination... Uh, of course, includes hope as well. So yeah. it really yeah. gets down to love. And where did that come from? Yes, that's beautiful. So the book, again, is uh, The Doman Method from Special Needs to Wellness, Douglas and Spencer Doman. And Glenn Doman was famous for saying, for teaching parents like me, uh, for something that he learned on the battlefield, which is we never leave the wounded behind. And I'll tell you what, this family doesn't leave the wounded behind and we're grateful and so are many many tens of thousands of people around the world uh, grateful for their work so thank you both thank you so much great pleasure this is good life we'll see you next time